Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Yucca. And I'm Mark. And we are back in another year to talk about that February holiday and the Wheel of the Year. Yeah, because this is the first holiday after a spate of activity that is reflected in mainstream holidays like Halloween and Christmas and Hanukkah and those sorts of things. And this one, you know, this one we fly solo as pagans, right? <laughs> um, right. I mean, there is an associated Catholic celebration at the time, but, you know, that's that's not the whole mainstream culture. Right. It hasn't been secularized. Right. The, the way so many other, you know, holidays have been that have been turned into sort of generic practices that nearly everybody does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here in the Northern Hemisphere, there is noticeably more light now. I was noticing yesterday there was still light in the sky at quarter of six. Oh. That was that was pretty cool because <laughs> you know at the solstice the sun goes down at about four twenty five, mm -hmm. so there was that's that's a big change and it's it's still wet and cold here because this tends to be the coldest time of the year really, mm -hmm. but at least the days aren't so incredibly short and those long, 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 long nights that we get in the deep of winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so different in different places. Yeah. What's going on, right? We've talked about this before, but, you know, for some people, for me, this is the most bitter time of the year. Mm -hmm. January, the beginning of February. It's actually quite funny. Last night, my kids really wanted to do a campfire and we'd been talking about it all week and we had finally rusted out our campfire bowl. So we oh. have a, um, because we have to be very, even in the winter like this, we have to be really careful about fire safety. So what we have is we have this, like a, a ring of stones with gravel. And then we have one of those fire bowls that's lifted up that you can put a lid on. Mm -hmm. But we had finally rusted out the bottom of the one that we had had for years. So we had to get a new one and wait for it to come. And, you know, they wanted to do the the, the first fire and the new bowl and all of that. And it was a full work day for me. So I get out of work and we go outside and it starts snowing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we're out there trying to get this fire to start in the snow. And the way we ended up finally doing it was putting a hat of foil on top of the fire to get it to go um so because once the fire started as the snow would come close to it it would heat up and and melt and evaporate it would be fine but when you're yeah. trying to start a wet fire it was <laughs> it was quite quite an, an event to do so but i was thinking about how for us this is the we will quickly move into spring in a few months but this is the coldest most bitter you know, we had over the past few weeks we had single digits in fahrenheit so i you know we're and for those who do celsius we're talking about you know negative 15 degrees celsius and those sorts of temperatures the ground is frozen but for other people 
this is a holiday in which they're celebrating. Oh, look, the little um, flowers are starting to peek through the snow and spring is here and everything is brightening up. And I'm like, it's cold. <laughs> That's what it is here. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> so, uh -huh. and of course, folks who are in, you know, Florida, it's a completely different experience for them or Southern California or right. anywhere closer to the equator is just radically different. One of our community members was talking about how right around now is when it's most tolerable in Florida mm. because it gets so hot and muggy in the summertime. And so this, which, you know, would generally be the coldest time of the year is actually quite pleasant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the time when you go outside. So it really depends on where you are. Where I am, it's been raining long enough that the hills have all greened up and so the and the first wildflowers are coming up of course because of climate change we've been watching this happen progressively earlier mm -hmm. you know with the years and narcissus and daffodils are up they're they're not fully blooming yet but they are up and it's the and there are wildflowers like milkmaids and paintbrush and a couple of other the early ones our daffodils won't be till April or May. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, this this brings to mind, you know, how how in in atheopaganism we talk about crafting your own wheel of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is, un, unlike in a situation like Wicca, where you're kind of celebrating the climate of the British Isles mm -hmm. in the 1940s because all of that's changed as well. This is more where you craft something that is that reflects what you see around you. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about connecting with the cycles of nature that are happening where you are. I really like the name that was created by a member of our community for this holiday, which is brightening, mm -hmm. because that's a little more universal. Yes, it may be freezing, but the days are longer. <laughs> so there is at least that. Yes, yeah. I think that this holiday really lends itself to that crafting your own wheel of the year much more than some of the other ones like solstice or hollows might because there isn't the same tie-in to mainstream secular culture where there isn't anything. I mean, the closest thing, I guess, Valentine's Day, right? But that really doesn't, that's that's a few weeks later. That feels really different. I don't know. Maybe some people do to connect those two things. For me, they've been, they've never had anything to do with each other. Yeah, it's a totally either. separate real, uh, holiday, but there's just nothing else really this time of year to, to draw on. So it really is draw from what's going on in your mm -hmm. environment and yeah. you know maybe the wicca influence which works again for some people who live in a similar climate but my climate is very very different right. from that part of the world yeah so. and mine is too because i'm in a in a mediterranean a quasi-mediterranean climate more reflective of what like the south you know southern italy or something like that would be like mm -hmm. um because of the coastal influence here in Northern California. Yeah, so one of the things that I find about this sort of create your own adventure approach to the wheel of the year is that 
I can take elements that I like from the the kind of traditional pagan Wiccan model of like the Irish Bridget holiday, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of February. You know, I can adopt some some metaphorical ideas around that. Like, you know, as we've talked about so many times, one of the things that I do in my Wheel of the Year is to map the course of a human life over the the cycle of the wheel of the year. And so this holiday is infancy mm-hmm. and it becomes associated with, with dairy, with milk products and with sort of nurturing and, and, you know, planning for the future. Not that, not that dreaming, imagining visionary kind of thing that you have at the, at the solstice in the deep dark of night, but more like, um, this is like, you know, the dawn waking up early in the morning and going, okay, here's what my day is going to be like. I've got, I've got tools to sharpen and I've got lists to make and I've got seeds to buy and all that kind of stuff. So much more concrete planning. Yes. Can't get your, you can't really get any of those tools actually in the ground yet. Nope. (laughs) But you can think about, you know, do you have the right ones? What are you going to need? Right. Right. And of course, if we're using are... the metaphor of, you know, planting and all of that, which some you might be doing. But for a lot of people, it's really metaphor about what's going on in the rest of our lives. Yes. And, and yeah. your thoughts about what your aspirations are for this coming cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, those those ideas that we talked about at the beginning of the month, at the beginning of January, you know, those those themes for the new year. Well, now you're starting to move towards concretizing those, right? Mm -hmm. And so you pull your tools together and maybe your tools need some maintenance. So you take care of that. And, you know, you know, you want to plant a garden and the ground is solid, but you can still peruse the seed catalogs and order your stuff and start seedlings indoors if you want to for things that take a long time to grow, like onions and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And I've been hearing that from from gardeners in the community and in our mixers and stuff. We've been talking about, you know, people being very excited about their seed catalogs. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I think it's just it. And then there's that other aspect of just celebrating the infants and small children in the in the community, you know, doing, you know, doing stuff that's very nurturing and very kind. Mm-hmm. Um, to to them and to that part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah, it can be. I do have a little bit of dissonance around some of the things that I that I still maintain from when we used to celebrate when I was celebrating with the broader pagan community around this holiday. For example, I have a little anvil and sledge, mm-hmm. but I I love the ringing, the the repetitive motion and the ringing of the the hammer on the sledge and associate it with this time of year. We used to do rituals because, you know, Bridget was a goddess of the forge, among many other things, poetry and, you know, a lot of stuff. But we would take a length of chain and have one open link. And at the proper time in the ritual, each person by turn would go to the the anvil and pound that link shut, creating a loop of chain. 
mm -hmm. uh, that would be sort of a symbol of the magic that they were doing for this year. And they could take that home with them. We usually had ribbons threaded through them as well. So they were colorful and pretty. Um, and I still like doing something with that anvil, even though I'm not quite sure what it means metaphorically. <laughs> um, I just like it and I mm -hmm. associate it with this time of year. So I keep yeah. it. Well, and things like that might change over time, right? So what does that metaphor mean to you? And, you know, maybe when you do it or how you do it can adapt depending on what, where you are in your life in terms mm -hmm. of what life stage you're in, but also where you are um, in the world because people, some people stay in the same part of the world their whole lives and other people move from very, very different climates and, and change where they are. And so life changes a lot and all of those symbols and those things change. Yeah. When you go from, you know, Miami to Buffalo or wherever. Oh my God. Think about. <laughs> Presuming your body survives the shock. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Move during move... the summer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking, yeah, if you if you move from Miami to Buffalo in January, you're really asking for trouble. <laughs> but people do it, right? And so when sure. that does, you know, what does that mean to you? And things will shift and and you're still trying to figure out you carry with you what you had from before. And you don't necessarily have to just throw that all out because you're suddenly in a different climate. It's going to take time to adjust. Absolutely. Of course it will. Um, and this is a good time to kind of celebrate that transition too. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is one of those light at the end of the tunnel Sabbaths mm. where it's like, yes, it's cold. Yes. The days are still really short, but they're not as short as they were. And it is going to warm up, you know, by, by the time of the next holiday, the, the spring equinox, it will be noticeably warmer than it is now. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, pretty universal i think so it's a it's an opportunity to sort of contemplate persistence mm -hmm. and and the repeating of cycles you know because one of the things about the winter solstice of course is that idea of making it through the longest night you know huddling together and and you know persisting well this is the point at which you kind of start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and so you can celebrate that persistence as well and be kind to yourself as, as a result. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of us, we were just talking about this before we started recording. A lot of us have been going through a lot this January. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been very, it's been hard. It's certainly been hard for me. And I know it's been a lot harder for other people in our community. And the idea of a holiday where we where we sort of look around and say, hey, we, you know, it looks like we're gonna make it. We it, it was it was touched there for a while, but we we think we're gonna make it and and you know persist through another cycle. Mm -hmm. I think there's a value in that too. Yeah. And another perspective on that is this is the time. This is the time that we were preparing for, for all of that 
other stuff, right? At least in my climate for us, when we're in the solstice season, we've only really just gone into winter. Yeah. For many people, it's midwinter. But for us, no, we really, you know, we jumped qu really quickly from fall into winter. We still have a full stock of, of wood, right? We've got all our fire. We haven't been going through it yet. You know, we still have all of our stores of food, you know, both physical and and metaphorical. And this is when things aren't quite producing yet. Yeah. This is when the animals are about to calf, but they haven't quite yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And just knowing that this is the so this is a time for us when we focus on the things that we depend on, that we are very much part of. You know, we're very bovine based. So we're thinking about the dairy and the meat from the cows and the fur and all of those things that that we depend on that are part of the system of that without we we couldn't be right we need those things and so recognizing our connection to those and how important that is and that once again another year we've been carried through right and we can and we're going to do it again but there is a place of of kind of vulnerability and and surrender to that this time of year which there's something kind of somewhat reassuring about that i know you wouldn't put the words vulnerable and dependency with reassuring together but there is or they just actually really do go together nicely yeah yeah i i yeah i i really resonate with what you're saying yeah because january february up until the cows and sheep started to give milk, are those are the fasting times. I mean, all all the stuff that was perishable that you got to gorge on at the solstice, that's all gone. And now what you've got is, you know, root vegetables that are, you know, covered with eyes and mm -hmm. stuff and stuff like that. All the goodies have been eaten now. And now it's just a matter of really kind of toughing it out until nature starts to produce some food in your area again. It's not a surprise that eggs are associated with the spring equinox because, you know, birds are laying then and you could eat them. Yeah. The light starts to come back. And I mean, if you, if you keep chickens that, yeah, depending your hen might produce a little, lay a little bit during the winter, but unless you're putting artificial lights in there, she's not going to, she's going to wait till the spring comes back. Yeah. Or she'll do a few here and there, but really you just don't get, and then all of a sudden there's enough light and it's like, you know, then you hear them making their calls. <laughs> the <laughs> announcement, everybody know. <laughs> so, and uh, same thing with the, with the, the wild birds as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and I love the colors. Look forward to that with spring. Uh-huh. The flashy yeah. colors that they have. Yeah. All the mating plumage and stuff. It's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, this is, this is the time when I do my spring fast. Mm -hmm. My birthday is January 3rd and I take the, and so from the day after my birthday until the spring equinox, I give up something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not a penance thing. It's more of a, what is it like to live without mm -hmm. faith? Um, because I think that's that has valuable lessons in it. And I've done various things in various years, but I usually do alcohol. 
And that's what I'm doing this year. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's a healthy thing for one thing. It's good for your liver to stop drinking for a while. And more than that, it's kind of a reminder. It resets any habits you might've had. If, if it's like, okay, work is over It's six o'clock work is over time for a beer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sort of pattern that kind of gets locked in where it's like some days, maybe I don't really need a beer, but I still crack one. Right. So it interrupts that pattern. It gives you a chance to reset and then be more conscientious about whether or not you want that beer. Right. So the beer is the thing that works for you, but you know, for other people, it might be something completely different. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. I did sugar one year. God, that was hard. (laughs) Um, uh, I've quit a lot of things in my life and I have to say sugar is by far the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's yeah. You know, and some people might do some things like some, some actual like fasting as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tradition, uh, many different religions from all over the world have incorporated that. And there's a lot of really powerful potent- potential with that. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, done in a mindful, safe way, of course. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, mind, mind your health, stay hydrated. You know, you don't have to be fanatical about it, but yeah, just do your you research know. on what you're doing beforehand. There's a lot of resources, but it doesn't have to be, I know there's a lot of focus these days about it as like a weight loss technique or something like that, but it can also be, just really wonderful for the mental clarity mm-hmm. and the reminder that you get to choose these things and practicing yeah. that, no, I choose right now. This is what I'm doing. I'm not having that beer or no, I'm not eating until noon every day or whatever it is. Or if you decide to do a five day or whatever, you know, yeah. there's just, Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's empowering to be able to make those kinds of decisions. And and there are, uh, let, let me just say right now, the odds are very good if you're listening to this that you don't need to lose weight. There are some people who, you know, may actually have health impediments and, and, and losing weight might be beneficial for that. But the overall obsession with losing weight is a pernicious lie. Mm-hmm. and you're fine how you are so yeah. fasting is not dieting it's not recommending that you that you deprive yourself in order to get smaller that's not the point the point is to understand that you do have choices as you say yaka and that you are in the driver's seat when it comes to things like what you put into your body mm-hmm. yeah So why don't we talk a little bit about how we observe this season? If you don't want to listen to this part, you can listen to last year's or the year before or the year before or the year before. We just counted. This will be our fifth. Oh, no, it's fourth. It's it's our fifth year, but we started right after. So I think I was looking back and we started right at the beginning of March. So I think we had just we recorded we had this wonderful idea when we started the podcast that we would get together once or twice a month and record multiple podcasts and then go about our business. But that didn't end up working out. And I think part of it is that it was just so nice to get together weekly. Yeah. And I, just be I like, so okay, enjoy it. 
let's just get together and talk and um, upload, a, you know, uh, record it a day or two ahead of time and then upload it. But I think that we had tried to record a few episodes before we launched. So that's why yeah. we we're thinking that it, maybe it had been really literally the week of. So, but yeah, five years. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Five eventful very, very eventful years. Very eventful years. I'm oh, time for a tangent. Tangent yep. <laughs> warning. There are a couple of eventful things that I want people to know about that are happening in the Ethiopian community. The first one is if you go to the Ethiopian Society website, which is theapsociety.org, there's a banner right there at the top you can click on to register for the Suntree Retreat really coming up soon it's 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 on labor day weekend it's at the end of the summer so it's not so far away the we're working on the program now our colleague michael is putting a lot of work in on that and people have submitted presentations and workshops and rituals that they want to do that we're going to fold into that program but just be aware registration is open please go you know if you can't pay the whole amount now put down a deposit just so that we know that you're coming and we can reserve a space for you. So that's one announcement. And the other one is that at the last Ethiopian Society Council meeting, we agreed that we are going to start a scouting program for families and children. Mm -hmm. um, this will be through the Spiral Scouts program, which is a pagan-based scouting program. But it has a lot of the same kinds of badges for outdoor activities and camping and crafts and disciplines and all that kind of stuff. We will be able to create our own badges, like we could create a critical thinking badge, mm -hmm. things like that. <laughs> um, and families will be able to do these activities together, and then we'll get together by Zoom so families can interact and kids can interact with one another as well. Or if you live close enough to other people, you can be involved. And we're going to open this to people that are not Ethiopagans so that people can do activities with, with their friends nearby. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. And there's a survey open right now that we'll put in the show notes to, to gain information about people's interest in participation, how many kids they have that they would like to be involved, all that good kind of stuff. But it's exciting. I'm I'm really thrilled that we're doing this. And shout out to Robin, our colleague on formerly on the Ethiopian Society Council, but who's really active in the community, who has done the heavy lifting on researching this and figuring out how it could work. So yeah. thank you. So those are my two tangents. Those are good tangents. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. My kiddos are very excited about both. Especially Yay. the badges. <laughs> Yay, badges! Yeah. We get right? badges? Well, uh -huh. you have to do stuff to, to earn them. Well, that, that's fun, too. That is. Well, that makes it more special. Yeah. There actually really is something about, you know, the, that the effort and the the earning it part. Like, of yeah, course. I did yeah. it. Yeah, so. it's interesting to me that Spiral Scouts designed itself where they don't have rank. Mm. You don't elevate in rank the way that like the Boy Scouts do, where you're a tenderfoot and then you're something else and something else. And then eventually you're an Eagle Scout. There's no rank in Spiral Scouts. There are categories of age groups. Mm -hmm. I believe we're going to start 
and this is still under discussion, but I believe we're going to start the Sun Tree Circle, which is what the Ethiopian scouting program will be called. Mm -hmm. I believe we're going to start that at six years old mm -hmm. because it's pretty hard to gain attention, you know, to have younger than six be able to pay attention on Zoom. Mm -hmm. But we're up I would imagine that there would be an exception for the, you know, the five-year-old who really is able to do that. Yes. Right. Yes. That it's more about what is the the expectations of the individual's abilities more so than what's the calendar date right 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 yeah. absolutely so yeah. if you're you know five year old and eight months is you know they're not left out because of <laughs> because they're not quite there yet in terms right of and it's really the <clears throat> parents call you know you know your kids better than anybody else so it's a matter of you deciding do you think they've got the capacity to focus to be able to do these kinds of things? And if they do, well, bring them along. So there, as I was saying, there are no ranks in Spiral Scouts. Everybody is equal. It's mm -hmm. very egalitarian, which we really like in Ethiopianism. <laughs> um, but you can earn these badges um, and do activities together so that you all earn a badge at once. Then you can put that on a, on a sash. Or they also have this cool like cowl thing it's mm -hmm. like a, it's called a crepuscular or something i don't remember what it's called but it's it's like a it's like a hood with a sort of a layer of cloth that hang that's cut in an oval that hangs kind of over down over your chest mm. and you can put badges on that too <laughs> okay so it's it's just a matter of you know which uniform piece you choose to to do it mm. with mm. um but, I mean, honestly, I've looked over this stuff, and a lot of them are like, well, I want to do that. <laughs> so it's really yes. fun. <laughs> hmm. So, right. what do we do for, for this Sabbath? Oh, what do we call it? We didn't talk about what we call it. Right. Go ahead. So, second winter, no school for us. Those are huge. I mean... Bridget's day or Imblick when speaking to people in the broader com pagan community, but usually second winter. So. Mm -hmm. I have called this holiday river rain mm -hmm. my personal wheel of the year, because it really is the holiday of water. Mm -hmm. This is when all the water in the world is falling from the sky, <laughs> at least in so-called normal years, because of course we've had drought in the West a lot in the last 15 years or so because climate is changing but this year it seems to be pretty good we've had quite a lot of rain and last year of course was record rain and snow it was it was tremendous mm -hmm. so the creeks are all babbling and the hills are green and we get these big tides at the ocean and it's just it's just the time of water and so i do a lot of celebrating of of water in at river rain but i also like that term brightening because of its universality in in my books i'm using brightening mm -hmm. and and then dimming in august which is when we're coming off the summer solstice and it, the days are starting to get noticeably shorter right which is another one of those that i think really lends itself to being really 
customized and specialized to your environment. Because yeah. again, it's one that doesn't have that strong pre-existing secular association. Right, right. Yeah, and climatically, it can be so different for people. I mean, where I am, you, you can't see this because we're recording over Zoom, but my background today is the Golden Gate Bridge mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And San Francisco, of course, is very famous for being completely socked in with fog all summer long. And I'm 60 miles north of that along the coast, and we are very, very frequently socked in with fog in the summertime. So, you know, the idea of the blazing sun, <laughs> you know, of Lamas, and it's like, well, where is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's different for everybody. And you really have to, once again, choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. So are there particular ritual things that you do, Yaka, at this time of year? Um, well, we do take all the furs that we have and brush them out. Um, and and care for them that way because if you're you know sleeping up against it or you know being up against the furs throughout the year they start to kind of mat and tangle and so it's just a time to to take care of the things that we have um, mm -hmm. so that's one and for the last few years we've done painting of pine cones which has been nice. lovely yeah so where we are we have two different kinds of pine cones. We have the the big ones that you would picture when you think of a pine cone from the Ponderosa pines. And those are, you know, those are big like the size of your fist. And then we have little pinyon pines and they make little pine cones that are about golf ball sized mm -hmm. that look like little flowers when they open up. And so we'll go around and collect those. And we're starting to, to make some of the We'll focus on this a little bit more as we get closer to the equinox, but we'll make little bird feeders with them where, we, you know, you, you dip it in the whatever your fat is, the lard or whatever, and, and coat it with the seeds. But when you paint the pine cones, it actually takes a much longer time than you would think because you have to do each of the little nubs, right? Mm -hmm. And then you string them together and you get these just really beautiful looking decorations that you can hang about and it doesn't feel Christmassy. Maybe it's because we're not doing like red and green. We're doing uh -huh. more like whites and blues and, and things like that. And of course, sometimes the kids want to do different, you know, every single bit has to be a different color. So they've got their rainbow ones or things uh -huh. like that. But nice. those are some of the more craft things that we do. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I have on my focus, my altar, I, I have a chalice that I that is my ritual chalice. I use it for various things, pouring libations, all that kind of stuff. It's it's blue and white with sort of a grapevine design around the outside. And it sits on my focus and it's always full of rainwater mm -hmm. because water is life, right? You know, you gotta have it there. But since last year, it has also had a coin in the bottom mm -hmm. because I got this idea about, you know, water and hopes and wishes and all that kind of stuff to do a wishing well mm -hmm. for ritual for this time of year. And so I was, we, the, the group that were doing it, we were, you know, pitching special coins into a, a cauldron. Mm-hmm. 
full of water, special water, a little bit of water from Glastonbury Tor and from Bath and then rainwater, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And so I took my coin out and I put it in the bottom of that chalice and it's been there ever since. So that's that's another kind of ritual thing that I like to do at this time of year is create the wishing well. Do you fill it up throughout the year? Or yes. are you so, okay. I was going to be shocked the, if you were going to be humid enough that that wouldn't evaporate throughout no, the No, 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 no. It, <laughs> it evaporates all the time. And every once in a while I have to clean you know scrub it to take all of the salts mm -hmm. that have accumulated from evaporation off of the chalice but it's pretty and it's it's there and i use special coins i've got a it's a french five franc coin from before the euros mm -hmm. and it's so it's it's silver or nickel or something around the the out part and then the inner part is bronze or copper or you know, something oh, so it's like two different color. colors. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I either use that one for this ritual or I have, I have two of these that have a, an amazing backstory that I won't go into, but I have Algerian coins mm. are octagonal mm -hmm. and have this amazing Arabic script all over the front of them. And they just, to me, they look like Dungeons and Dragons coins. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they look like exotic loot from some ancient time that you would find in a chest somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I, I use one of those two coins when I do this wishing well ritual. Mm. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Do you get together with your circle for this holiday? Or more the big four? Used to, but we don't anymore. We we engage with one another more than we used to because we do a Zoom call every Friday evening. Mm -hmm. So we see one another and check in and stuff on a weekly basis. But as we've gotten older, the distance travel just becomes harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And so we get together at Hallows and at Yule. And, and, that's, and then usually one other time, maybe around May Day. And, but the, the Live Oak Circle, our Northern California Ethiopian Affinity Group, is getting together more frequently. And we're going to do one of these rituals next Sunday. No, not next Sunday, the Sunday after, the 11th of February. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun. I like seeing mm. those folks. Yeah. And they're closer, easier to get to? Well, it's still a 60 mile drive for me mm -hmm. and it's a little further than that for the folks from Sacramento, but then we've got people from San Jose or who are in the South of the South Bay. So the East Bay is a, a good convening point mm -hmm. and it's only every six or seven weeks. So it's, it's not, it's not too bad. Mm -hmm. And I drive an electric car, so <laughs> you can feel okay about it. <laughs> nice and quiet ride. Yes, it 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 sings. My car sings. It goes, oh, <laughs> it's so great. Hmm. Mine goes the thump, the thump, the thump, the thump as I go over dirt washboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, can I think even an electric car would go the thump. <laughs> I I think so, and probably worse. Well, I would not be very happy because <laughs> they're very heavy. Mm -hmm. The batteries are super heavy, so even mm. though they they have a lot of get up and go, that's just because the torque on an electric motor is so much higher than on an internal combustion engine. Hmm. 
um yeah it's a funny thing i i mean i don't really care much about fast cars but i do get irritated by rude drivers mm -hmm. and and they seem disproportionately to be drivers of bmws and mercedes and teslas mm -hmm. so what i like to do is to when the light goes green i like to leap across <laughs> the intersection far faster than your incredibly expensive car sir just to kind of make the point that you know my car's quite a bit cheaper but it'll go mm. very mature but yeah, yeah, it's satis satisfying <laughs> and completely immature absolutely immature um mm. but you know there you have it <laughs> none of us is perfect so this has been great yucca yeah. thank you so much this has been a great conversation him. I wish and you the best of the season. Likewise. And to all of you, thank you. So here's to yeah. another year. Another year. Here we go. <laughs> Off we go. All, all right. right, everybody. We'll we'll see you next week.